Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, I uh, just want to pick up on um, on the uh, talk that I uh, started at the weekend and I uh, think I've got some great things to share with you today which will hopefully bring some uh, insight, wisdom and a challenge to you. Um, I must confess that uh, I had actually recorded today's talk yesterday um, having prepared all day to, to bring that talk, only to find that uh, when I listened back to the talk, I started to think, you know what, I, I don't know if I believe this in the same way that I believed it when I first prepared this, because this was taken from a message uh, that I first brought um, uh, many years ago, for one of the messages for which I've had probably the greatest plaudits. And then I'm thinking, but... I don't know if that's how I see things now. I don't know if that's how I would interpret it now. I don't think that's what I believe now about this. So um, I think you'll also see in the context of what I have to share with you about this reworked version, uh, why to some degree that was important for me to be an example to you so that uh, hopefully our lives might move forward together in uh, in a fresh and meaningful um direction. Also, I have to say that uh, part of the process was a disruption to my uh, thinking in that I had launched into what I was saying and then some RAF pilot uh, decided it would be a fantastic idea to uh, to uh, fly his Eurofighter in, uh, in, in mock battle mode over our house with low-level bombing passes. And it didn't drop any bombs, incidentally, but he did the passes and it was noisy. Uh, and barrel rolls the whole nine yards and uh, I could barely hear myself think, never mind continue to record a podcast or a video. Um, and I must admit, you know, I sent a few words heavenwards, but uh, not as far as God, just as far as that pilot. And uh, I will not, um, for the sake of my reputation, repeat uh, what the content of those that that uh, that uh, tirade was. Um uh, to keep myself out of trouble. Um, but needless to say, it would have made a very interesting outtake. But there you go. Let's leave that one alone. Uh, I do think, though, that interruption and the other things uh, were just kind of a nudge to me uh, to rethink some things. And so, um, actually, despite the frustration, I'm very, very grateful. Uh, I do think John the Baptist, for all of us, uh, forms the basis of a perfect example of how we struggle when when faced with the need for transition and change. And we do. And I think particularly to the extent, um, and, and all of us are kind of in this place where, where our identity and our perception of success are so locked into and have become so locked into a, a particular set of developed beliefs and a particular set of actions, a particular way of doing things, and uh, and how they make us feel, and uh, the security that we start to draw from them, we all find ourselves in that position, and therefore 
uh, change for those reasons can be very difficult, even though change um, is absolutely essential if the journey of our life is to find its its uh, its um, its promised fulfilment. Uh, because we can be faced with the most blatant challenge to change, and they come, um, and yet we can be unwilling in the face of that blatant challenge to change to let go of our past perceptions. Uh, why? Because we fear that we lose our identity and that with it, with losing our identity as we see it to be, that, that we lose our whole reason for being. And so, uh, you know, the idea that change is here to stay and, and we need to change, we all accept, but doing it, um, moving into it, even though we can see 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 a reason for it, is not is not as easy as we often um, say. But but what if your reason for being has changed in line with the natural process of a changing story? See see we, we kind of have this view of life that it, it it's a thing, and if you can if you understand the thing, you can do the thing within the thing that makes you feel the thing that you think you should feel as part of the thing. Uh, when actually life isn't like that, folks, it, it, it's not. Um, there is a natural process of a changing story that takes place in life that, that we become simply participators in this unfolding story. And part of the secret of, of living a great life is to understand that we are participators in the process of a changing story and that if we will change within the story then then the, the possibilities and the potentiality within that story can can become manifest in our story with our story as part of our story and as um, a part of it so 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 the reason for change needs to be in line with the natural process of of the changing story. See, status quo should only ever be the name of a rock band, uh, not the state of your life. Unfortunately, status quo is the state of most lives. Uh, if we just be honest enough to admit it, and I think uh, the older we get and the more our ideologies become interrupted by reality, the greater the danger that we adopt a position of status quo. Uh, and um, that, like I say, should only ever be the name of a band, a rock band, and not, not the state of your life. But what if, what if in this situation, what if your ego has grown, um, but disguised itself in a cloak of false humility? and high-minded spirituality, and intellectual superiority, and chronic self-justification. That's what the ego tends to do, and then we don't challenge it for what it is. And, and that ego itself is going to become a massive barrier to us changing to become what it is that life is, 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 is inviting us to become. See, many a life, a church, a business, uh, a religious denomination or belief system has stagnated and become the living dead because it lost all understanding of its true purpose 
becoming more committed to its past and the preservation of its established practices than the constant challenge of a changing universe, world and environment. What was and what needs to be are usually incompatible companions. You need to learn that today. Please learn that. What was and what needs to be are usually incompatible companions. Now, they can be good friends in the sense that we only got where we are because of where we were, uh, but that friendship, somehow, there has to be a line drawn on that friendship. Otherwise, it's going to stand in the way of our ability uh, to progress in the pathway that will take us to the greater sense of fulfilment of, of the unfolding story of, of life and, and, and our life, my life, your life. Um, so, so remember what was and what needs to be are usually incompatible companions and there's going to be some friction there when we face that issue. See, you can die from defending a dogma that developed out of a truth that was never meant to be more than a step in an unfolding revelation of a more than this and a beyond worldview, which is what the Bible calls the kingdom of God. Don't get stuck there defending that which is only a step towards or in an unfolding story, which is what we tend to do. And that's where our dogma comes in. We make that the story instead of part of an unfolding story. And then our truth never changes. Our belief never changes. Our sensitivity never changes we actually we get stuck so this John the Baptist that you know that the, the testimony about John and the testimony of John uh, is is this that he was blessed with a gift you know uh, I think we're all blessed with a gift John was blessed with a gift that's in Luke chapter 1 verse 15 I'm just going to give you for those of you who like to read the Bible uh, references I'm going to give you that so he's blessed with a gift, he's a gifted guy, uh, and he was clear on his purpose and calling. Now I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures here, John 1, 15, 19 through 23, 26 through 27, 29 through 30, 32 through 34, and 35 through 36, if you want to read this. What I'm trying to paint for you is that the John who started out, he was gifted, blessed with a gift, clear on his purpose and calling. And he was diligent in his outworking of this purpose and calling until, <laughs> Lord help us with the untils, uh, you know, it was all going well until he was diligent in his outworking of his purpose and calling until, how many of us could, could we say that that's a truth? He was diligent in his outworking of this purpose and calling until, until what? Until it impinged upon his developed beliefs about how all this was supposed to play out and became a direct challenge to his identity and security. That's the until for most of us. Uh, verse 31 of this John, John uh, chapter 1 is interesting because this, this was John's testimony. I myself did not know him. He's talking about you know him coming to prepare the way for the Christ to be shown to the world. Or in other words... He's there to be part of an unfolding story. He's there to play a role in an unfolding story that is a story that will change the lives of people. Um, and uh, this is to come through the story of, of, of Jesus, of the Christ. And he says, I myself did not know him. This is right at the beginning of this, uh, his, his ministry life. Um, but the reason, okay, 
but the reason, so he gives a reason for, for what he was doing, okay? He says, the reason I came baptizing with water, was that's what John the Baptist did, because he, he baptized people. Now, denominationally, maybe he wasn't the Baptist, but he was a Baptist in practice in that he baptized people. I myself did not know him, but the reason, okay, a reason, the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Now, what you need to understand, uh, particularly if you don't have a strong biblical background, is that uh, the Christ was revealed. John revealed Jesus the Christ. He was confident that this was Jesus the Christ. And John baptized him and released uh, Jesus to, to the outworking and fulfillment of the reason why he was on the planet. Um, really, it was in sense, it was, it, was, it was releasing the divine presence uh, to do what the divine presence does um, when it is manifesting in human flesh. And he was part of that. And he had a reason. He had a reason for doing this. He, the reason he did what he did was so that something might come about. Now, here's the problem. Once what he had said he was trying to release came about, he then struggled because of how that then reflected on his identity, his ministry, his job, his, his notoriety, um, his recognition, his position. Um, so, so the issue was that, that, that now, now this one he said he'd come to baptize in order that he might be revealed has been revealed. Uh, John is now questioning his reason. And that's where then you begin to see him in the prison. He has lost his reason for what he was doing. He doesn't get it anymore because it didn't play out the way he thought it would play out or wanted it to play out. And so this was a moment in John's life where a transition to a new way of seeing, being, believing and living would have absorbed the trajectory of his journey to take him in a new direction, which is what these things do, which would have avoided him finish up imprisoned and disillusioned and offended and dead because he was beheaded. Uh, and that's part of my job today. I don't want you to finish up mentally, emotionally, spiritually, personally, physically imprisoned, disillusioned, offended, and dead. But if you, if you, if you want transition in your life to a new way of seeing, being, believing, and living, then you will not have that absorb the trajectory of your journey so far to take you in this. Uh, new direction. The wonderful thing is when we do make that decision, it does absorb uh, and takes into it where we have been, what we have done and what we were, but also from, from the sense that we, um, uh, that we talked about, that, that it becomes about what needs to be rather than what was. So, so, uh, um, so what did he do with it? What did he do with this uh, with this challenge. Well, here's what he did with that, with himself and with the challenge. He carried on doing what he had always done, uh, where he'd always done it, in the way he had always done it. Um, and uh, John 3, 22 through 30 uh, details the absurdity of this. And he uh, has this phenomenal verse that says, now John also was baptizing at Anan near Salem. Now listen to this, here's, now his, here's his reason now. Uh, because there was plenty of water 
and people were constantly coming to be baptised. Um, and it says this was before John was put in prison. In other words, that verse 24 in the brackets, this was before John was put in prison, is a little indicator to you to say, if you want to know why John finished up in prison and in the state that he was, it's because his reason for doing what he is doing had become distorted uh, and, and, and uh, misdirected because he refused to absorb and take on board the transition to this new way of seeing, uh, being, believing and living. So now uh, he's doing what he's doing as a baptizer because there's plenty of water and, and people just keep coming. In other words, the customers keep turning up and I keep doing what I'm doing. But he had no greater sense of, of reason now uh, than just doing what he did because people came for what he did. Oh, good Lord, listen to me, sadly, in my life now, I see the majority of church life like that, okay? That somehow when we, we fail to release that new evidence, experience, uh, consciousness of when John was at the beginning and said, I came baptizing so he might be revealed, uh, most of the time we finish up uh, doing what we're doing so that we might be revealed, so that the ministry might be revealed, so that the church might be revealed, so we can have a big church and a big ministry and, uh, you know, lots of income and all that nonsense that goes with it. That is not a reason for church to exist. It is not a reason for Christianity to continue. Uh, in fact, for me, it's the very reason it shouldn't, if that's going to be the case because we have to move and transition in this unfolding story, which is what was happening in John's life. There was an unfolding story. Something new was coming on the stage, which he needed to let go what he had to buy into this and continually keep moving with this evolving understanding that, that uh, I would call is the revelation of the kingdom of God and is the mystery of the Christ in us, which, which Paul says is, is our great hope. Um, so, so we get this classic verse at the end of that little portion um, about that's detailed in the absurdity of, of what John is doing in that. No disrespect to John, but it's there for a lesson. Verse 30, this classic verse, it says, He must become greater and I must become less. In, in another version of the Bible that I was raised with, it says he must increase, but I must decrease. Um, the truth is, you will not find any record of anything that John did um, in his ministry, in his life, that would make him greater. He said, I must be, he must become greater, I must become less. Nothing that would make him less. He carried on doing what he always done in the way he'd always done it, in the place he'd always done it, to the people he'd always done it. And that became the process of his life. Now, he knew there must be a change in the process of what he had believed. He knew it, that challenge was there. But he held back from actioning it. Um, John chose to be the rear guard of a redundant ideal rather than the first disciple of a new era. Now, I accept that that can be scary, but see, for those of you who know anything about the Bible, again, I'm, I'm not giving you everything I could share with you about this, but, but the evidence there would suggest that what should have happened with John is, is when, when the reason for his being, doing what he was doing, was fulfilled, 
and this new thing, this new conscious revelation outworking way uh, came into being, then John should have, 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 have shut that down and joined this. Or in other words, for me, uh, John, I believe sincerely, instead of finishing up in prison disillusioned and 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 frustrated and full of doubt and um, offended, I believe that he should have gone on to be the first disciple of the revelation that he said he was bringing. So you shift to become a disciple of the very revelation that you wanted to unfold. And so often in our life, we unfortunately are not willing to do that. So he became, he chose to be the rear guard of a redundant ideal rather than the first disciple of a new era. And his attention, if you follow the story, got drawn to the sins and failures of others rather than the dynamic opportunity for a new experience. And ain't that so true, folks? You only have to read Facebook or Twitter for 30 seconds to realise that for most of those people writing on there, the me's and the you's included, uh, our attention gets drawn to the sins and failures of others rather than the dynamic opportunity for a new experience. And you find people, because we are all John the Baptists in some way, who don't want to let go of what has given us, we believe to that point, our identity and security. Uh, we become the people who are not looking for or want to promote the dynamic opportunity for a new experience. We just want to draw attention to the sins and failures of others rather than that. And that does not help us to change. And we do not help others to change one bit in that process. So what happened here is, is that John totally lost his head. Uh, I mean, literally, he, John was beheaded in Herod's prison. He totally lost his head um, in the process. Uh, you know, he's just taking a step back. He got himself involved in things he should have left alone because there were nothing to do with his reason and purpose. Don't get involved with stuff that's got nothing to do with your reason and purpose. So he totally lost his head, literally in the process. Um, but this was Jesus' summary of John's life. It's found in Matthew 11, verse 11 and 12. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there's not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on unpackaging this, but uh, let me give you the summary of it. The summary is um, that of those born of women, which means as a human being, as a human, as a man, uh, none greater than John. He is a great, is a great guy. Uh, but here's my summary, but it could have been so much more. How challenging is that for all of us that potentially, you know, we can start with that giftedness and that confidence and that certainty about our purpose and, and our calling uh, and, yet, and yet somehow get stuck in all of those things we've talked about because we don't transition with the story. And uh, uh, our epitaph might be he, she was a great guy, was a great gal, um, but could have been so much more. See, we will never live out the fullness of our purpose or maximise our potential if we refuse the invitation to move at the speed of life. See, it's not such an outrageous request. We may not be able to move at the speed of light, but we are called to move at the speed of life. 
The trouble is that most of us are resistant to that, don't like it, are opposed to it, and ultimately finish up dying prematurely like Don, uh, like, like Don, like John, while still alive, imprisoned in our thinking, disillusioned in our understanding, um, frustrated in our being, um, uh, uh, offended in our minds, why? Because we have not learned that life moves at a speed. It moves. Life is a moving thing. And we are equipped and called and invited to move at the speed of life. If you do that, you have to. You have to change. You change at the rate of the speed of life, which is the problem. Some religious contexts have not changed at the speed of life. They got stuck either in the 1st century or in, or in the 4th century with Augustine or in the 16th century with, with Martin Luther or whenever we got stuck. We got stuck there and now you have all denominations banging the drum of those dogmas. What we didn't do was move at the speed of life. And because we didn't move at the speed of life, we couldn't contribute properly to life, but we're always trying to drag people back into something and usually using condemnation and, uh, and threat to do that. But we are called to move at the speed of life. We, don't, we may not be able to move at the speed of light, but believe me, we can move at the speed of life if we are willing. But you need to be aware of these things. The speed of life means that yesterday's revelation becomes today's ritual. The speed of life means that yesterday's fresh bread becomes today's stale crust. The speed of life means that yesterday's delight becomes today's dogma. The speed of light means that yesterday's purpose can become today's pointless. So all I'm asking you to do in God's name today is move at the speed of life. Let go of ego and change in line with the unfolding story. Let nothing distract you and let curiosity draw you because John lost his head. Don't be like John. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.